Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome into this episode of La Liga Lowdown. I'm your host, Jim McTeer, and I'm excited to bring you the next episode in our series where we tell the story of all the La Liga clubs. This time around, we're focusing on Hitafi, the club from the town in the south of Madrid of the same name. They might not be the most popular club in Spanish football, but Hitafi do have a rich history. We're going to find out all about it. First, though, as we do to start off each of these podcasts, we're going to begin by listening to some of this club's highlight moments. Partido está finalizado, el árbitro que va a pitar en cuanto saque el córner el Getafe, Alberto. O sea que espera rodado Rodríguez, el balón que sale, ahora se va hacia la banda, va a pitar el Getafe de primera 3-5, victoria sobre el Tenerife. Se acaba el partido, el Getafe es equipo de primera división. Parece contra, se la adelanta con el pecho. Y ahí está el empate. ¡Qué golazo de contra! ¡Qué golazo del rumano! Último minuto del partido. Tres minutos más. Tres de añadido. Bayern 1. Getafe 1. Porque le dio tiempo a volver a Lisandro, pero ya da lo mismo. El Getafe ha logrado el objetivo. El 2-0 de la ida. Ha pesado muchísimo el gol de Jaime Mata. Ha sido el empujón definitivo. We heard then the sounds of Etafi's two promotions into La Liga, both of them dubiously against Tenerife, and we also heard sounds from the exploits of Euroheta as they scared Bayern Munich in the UEFA Cup and as they knocked out Ajax from the Europa League. Now, let's go back to when it all began, to Etafi's origins. After a quick listen into the Hitafi club hymn, we've got Roman de Arker to talk us through the first years of Hitafi's history. Getafe's history is a curious one, as it's one of the youngest clubs in La Liga. Despite initially being founded back in 1923, it wasn't until 1983 that the club was founded in its current form. It was even later in the 21st century that Getafe tasted first division football 
for the first time. Sociedad Getafe Deportivo was how the club was originally named, operating in local Madrid leagues as the first team within the suburb to the south of Madrid. That form of the team lasted just 10 years, with 1933 seeing the club disappear. After the Spanish Civil War, it returned in 1946, this time under the name of Club Getafe Deportivo. Founded by five friends, they initially played on the pitches of the local army regiment. For the first years of their existence, the team's pitch was used for training exercises by soldiers during the week, and so goal nets were stored alongside weapons and were brought out to the pitches each weekend. In 1957-58, the club won their group in the Tercera División, with the team including future Atlético de Madrid legend and Spain coach Luis Aragonés, but missed out on the promotion playoff for a spot in Segunda. In 1967, the club changed their name for a three-year period to Club Getafe Kelvinator. Kelvinator was an American refrigerator brand who opened a huge factory in the town, sponsoring the club briefly. It was during a disappointing time in the club's history, being relegated from Tercera and taking two years to return. After returning to the name Club Getafe Deportivo in 1970, the breakthrough came. The team were back in Tercera and inaugurated the Campo Municipal de las Margaritas, a 3,000-seater stadium. It sparked a period of growth and investment. In 1976, it paid off and the club won promotion to Segunda División for the first time in their history. Now playing professional football, they stabilized in mid-table and would stay in Segunda until 1982. The biggest night in the club's history in the 20th century came on Wednesday, January 18, 1978. Getafe drew Barcelona in the Copa del Rey. Joan Cruyff captained the Catalans in a superstar lineup who could only draw 3-3 at Las Margaritas. The return leg was somewhat less heroic. Barcelona ran out 8-0 winners at the Camp Nou, though it would spark tensions between the clubs which lost to this day. At 8-0 up, Barcelona goalkeeper Pedro Artola stepped up to take a penalty. He missed, but Getafe players and officials were furious at what they'd considered a clear lack of respect. Things would get worse for Getafe. Mismanagement and spending above their means meant the club ran out of money and wages were not paid. The team was relegated to Segunda B in 1982, but they were then relegated by the authorities for their debts and went straight to Tercera. A year later, the club went bankrupt. In the same meeting that declared Club Getafe Deportivo bankrupt, Getafe Club de Fútbol was founded. The club began life in the seventh tier, winning the league in each of their first three seasons and quickly climbing up the footballing ladder. Playoff success at the first attempt in Tercera meant that the club was back in Segunda B only four years after it was founded. The next step would take longer though. They qualified for the promotion playoffs in five of the next seven years before they were successful. The 1990s were a roller coaster period for Getafe. At last, the club returned to Segunda in 1994, only 12 years after the club was lost there. Relegation in their first season was then no surprise and preparations began for Segunda B. Only four financial issues at Sevilla and Celta de Vigo to open up two spots in Segunda. Only a week before the season began, Getafe were promoted back to Segunda. But without much time to prepare, they were then relegated again and only narrowly avoided relegation to Tercera thanks to a playoff win over Huesca. Relegation at that point would have most likely meant the end of Getafe Club de Fútbol. 
1998, the club moved to the Coliseum Alfonso Pérez, controversially named after a Real Madrid player from the area who never donned the Getafe shirt. The club returned to Segunda in 1999, before again being spared relegation as Atlético de Madrid were relegated and their B team in Segunda were demoted as a result. As the 20th century came to a close, the club had spent only eight years in professional football, and only two in their current form. Yet, they could not even begin to imagine what would come next. Yeah, there is such a contrast to what Hitafi achieved in the 20th century and in the 21st century. They've had so much more success in recent times, and we're going to hear exactly how that success came about as Paco Pollitt picks up the story. The turn of the century provided Getafe with much-needed stability which would eventually land them a spot in the top flight. The path to success, though, wouldn't be easy. In fact, they were relegated in 2001 to Segunda B, the Spanish third division, in yet another bad season which left the club at the brink of disappearing due to financial problems. Tragedy struck months later when in August 2001, Getafe's centre-back Sebas Gómez was murdered in Castellón after getting shot three times by an off-duty policeman. The incident shocked the whole squad and their staff, led by coach Félix Bardenas Felines. That season even ended with the players unable to get paid their salaries and once again a potential bankruptcy loomed over the institution. Things changed in April 2002, a turning point for Getafe when a number of businessmen took over the club and Ángel Torres was appointed as the new president. Things also looked up on the pitch, being able to return to Segunda in summer 2002. Iconic players such as Jika Crayobeanu, Pachón, Gary Uranga or Mario Cotelo strengthened the team in the next 24 months, providing the necessary experience to tackle their largest goal to date, achieving promotion to La Liga. Striker Pachón scored four goals in a 5-3 win away from home against Tenerife, which, in June 2004, made Getafe's dream come true. It was something so unexpected that even coach Josu Uribe had already signed with another team at the end of the season. After a tough hiring process, former Valencia and Real Madrid player Quique Sánchez Flores was appointed for Getafe's debut season in the top flight which they ended with a 13th spot and plenty of highlights, including wins against Real Madrid and Athletic Club. Los Azulones did so well, in fact, that Quique was claimed back by Valencia for the dugout and former Barca midfielder Bernd Schuster was signed as the new manager. Under the German coach, Getafe both consolidated their place in Primera with two consecutive ninth places and also move up the ranks in the Copa del Rey, earning a spot in the final of the 2006-2007 edition. Unfortunately, they got beaten by Sevilla with a single goal by Freddy Canute. Luckily for them, such a feat also allowed them to qualify for the UEFA Cup, marking the first time ever that Getafe would play in European competitions after only three years in the Spanish First Division. The legend of Euro Getafe was born. The following season, Getafe played three competitions for the first time ever. In the UEFA Cup, they got knocked out by Bayern München in the last 16 round, but got high praise by coach Omar Hitzfeld, who publicly stated that Getafe deserved to move on to the next round after a 1-1 draw in Germany and a 3-3 last-minute draw in the second leg that saw them eliminated on the away goals rule. They had no problems in remaining in La Liga, and once again, they got to the Copa del Rey final. 
This time their nightmare were Valencia, who resurrected after an awful season and beat Los Azulones in the final with a 3-1 scoreline. The club kept growing and growing and got their best place to date in La Liga in 2010, a sixth spot under coach Michel González and with striker Roberto Soldado scoring goals left and right. He got 16 after a monster season with plenty of assists provided by a young Pedro León. The former was signed by Valencia and the latter went months later to Real Madrid. It was Getafe's peak at the time, once again entering European competitions. Unfortunately, the following year was very disappointing and the team had problems just to remain in La Liga. The unstoppable growth had finally stalled and President Ángel Torres had an increasingly dramatic beef with a segment of the fanbase which complained about the high prices in the season tickets. All this was also aggravated by an interest from a Dubai-based investment group who seemed keen on buying the club in a move which never came to fruition. If we add the progressive departure of big players such as Captain Cata Diaz or Javier Casquero, remember, the guy who was kicked around by Pepe in an infamous play in the Santiago Bernabéu, well, things would eventually turn south. This happened in May 2016, when Getafe were relegated to Segunda after 12 years in the Spanish top division. This provided the umpteenth turning point for the club after their awful peak of a manager for the 2016-2017 season. Juan Eduardo Snyder was promptly sacked after getting the team down to the penultimate place and Alicante-born manager José Bordalás was brought in. The rest, as it's usually said, is history. Getafe thrashed the opposition and snatched a promotion spot through the playoffs in summer 2017. The following season, back in La Liga, they finished 8th. And in the 2018-2019 season, they were head-to-head -head with Valencia in the Champions League race till literally the last game, finally being beaten to the punch and ending fifth. The Champions League had been very close, but the Europa League spot wasn't half bad. Such excellent display of confidence was backed by a very aggressive, no-nonsense playstyle, whose peak was achieved against ball-possession lovers Ajax in a double showdown in 2020. Getafe beat them 2-0 in the home leg and masterfully defended their lead in the second leg, getting beaten with a 2-1 scoreline but moving to the last 16 thanks to the aggregate. There, they would get knocked out by Inter Milan in a round which was interrupted for three months by the COVID-19 outbreak. In La Liga, however, they fell short and ended the strange 2020 season in the eighth place, out of European competitions. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So that was the story of Hetafe and all their recent successes. Even though their modern history has been played at a higher level, some of the greatest club legends are actually from their time in the lower leagues. We've got Sam Leverage coming up now with his three picks of Hitafi legends. Let's hear these stories then. The history of Hitafi simply can't be understood without looking at the journey of Pedro Caballero, the only man to play for both Club Hitafi Deportivo and Hitafi in their current existence. He made his debut for Club Hitafi Deportivo at the age of 17, in goal as the team was already struggling with their finances before going bust in 1983, and he then moved around various small Madrid teams like Mosteles, had a trial with Atletico Madrid, but at the age of 22 he would return to Hitafe and join the club in its new existence after they won promotion to Segunda B. He was there for nine years, becoming first choice in every season that he was at the club and even won promotion back to Segunda again. And to this day, he remains linked to the club through a goalkeeper coaching school, which is helping to bring through some of the brightest young talents between the sticks in the area. Then there's also another man who was slightly against the odds in becoming a Hitafe legend. He didn't join until he was 34 years old, and that's Jika Grajoveno. Joining as a Romanian international on a free transfer from Villarreal, he made an incredible impression in his debut season, winning the fans over with his extraordinary personality, a strange one perhaps, being almost more Spanish than Romanian and scoring nine goals. In the second season, he helped the team to win their first ever promotion to Primera División and then announced his retirement, but fans convinced him to stay with banners, flags, chants, all coming out, and he decided to sign a new one-year deal. The same happened again a year later when he announced his retirement and fans again convinced him to delay that decision. He did eventually retire at the age of 38 in 2006, but he stayed in Hitafe. He ran as a politician for the right-wing Partido Popular and then later opened a restaurant with his former teammate Ricky. Even now he's again, just like Pedro Caballero, he's linked to the club and has acted as an advisor to Angel Torres and many still see him as the club's greatest ever legend for the way that he connected with the club's fans more than any other player has done in their history. Finally, one man whose achievements definitely put him among the highest ranking players and coaches in the club's history is Jose Bordalas. He took over when the team was second from bottom in Segunda División, but then in the same season he won promotion with them, taking them back to Primera División. It was unstoppable for Tafe, despite the complaints and criticisms of their style of play. In their first season back in Primera, they almost won qualification for European football. And in the second season, they did just that, qualifying for the Europa League. The next year, it took them on a European tour where they played the likes of Ajax before eventually being knocked out. It was perfectly summarised by Angel Torres, the president who at the time said, if Florentino Pérez asked for a recommendation of a manager, I'd say the most complete coach I've ever seen is Jose Bordalas. Some really important figures in Hitafi's history there. We're going to move on now and discuss the Hitafi fan base, which I really think is one of the underrated ones in Spanish football. It's often said that Hitafi don't have many fans because there's empty seats at the ground, but honestly, I'd say that's just because the stadium is far too big for the area. If the stadium was about the same size as that of Hitafi's local rivals Leganes, then it would be packed every week. 
To find out more about Hitafi's fans and the match day experience there, let's bring in Hitafi supporter Dom Tancock, who lives in England, but who makes as many trips over to Hitafi as he can. I'll pass over to Dom now to explain. I'm often asked, why Kitafe when people discover my La Liga allegiance? And for a moment, I recall my matchday experiences at the Estadio Coliseum Alfonso Perez, the home of the mighty Hitafe. It's the people, I reply, the warm and friendly welcoming of the people in the bars and restaurants around the ground, wanting to know why an Englishman is choosing to visit Hitafe and not one of Madrid's more illustrious football residents, Real or Atleti. I will take a moment to explain why and what you can expect from a match day at the Coliseum. For me, match day at Catafe offers you a more authentic, real and intimate experience while staying in Madrid. The Coliseum is a modest ground compared to the city's more famous stadiums. At 17,000 capacity, it's one of the smaller grounds in La Liga and it rarely sells out. This means the ground is frequented by passionate and proud Azulis, smaller in numbers than many but loud and vocal particularly in Fondo Sur, where you will find a constant wave of songs, flags and drum beats from the club's most fanatical following. The ground boasts open banks on three sides, with the main stand the only covered area. Personally, I've found the much more enjoyable game day experience when visiting than the Bernabeu or the Wanda, where thousands of football tourists can often dilute the atmosphere. Here you will find a handful of cafes and bars, a great place to meet the locals and engage in footballing talk. I can thoroughly recommend Café El Preches or El Ricon del Tio Elugio for that authentic welcoming game day experience with the locals. Here, if it's sunny, you can often sit outside with a cold mahal and some bocadillas and sample the atmosphere building up before the game. That walk up to the stadium, passing the scarf and flag stores and hearing the buzz of anticipation for the game ahead cannot be beaten. And with every visit from England, it feels like I'm returning home. The Coliseum, due to its close proximity to one of the main motorways in Madrid, offers just one main entrance to the stadium. From here, you can walk around to your chosen area. This does create a bottleneck sometimes, so don't leave it too late and make sure you don't get caught out in the pre-match hospitality. Being part of Azulanes, for me, represents everything good about a club in the heart of its community. A working person's club, dwarfed by the global giant brands of Real and Atleti, but giving a passionate and authentic matchday experience to its followers and visitors to the Coliseum. So that was the lowdown on Hitafi's matchday experience, and this whole podcast has been, I hope, a simple yet thorough summary of what Hitafi are all about. I want to thank then all the contributors to this episode. That's Roman de Arquer, Paco Pollitt, Sam Leverage, and Don Tancock. I've been your host, Jim McTeer. And remember, we are La Liga Lowdown and you can find us on social media and at laligalowdown.com. We hope you'll pay us a visit there and thanks a lot for listening to this episode. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 